0: It's the Sean Pittman Show, where we talk about politics, sports, entertainment, and business. Here's your host, Sean Pittman. Good morning, good morning, and COVID, COVID, COVID on the mind, guys. We gotta do the right thing. Wear your mask, socially distant, and if you don't do it for me, do it for Dr. Andrea Frau, who will join me today on the SPS right after this listening to the Sean Pittman show. Good morning, good morning and welcome back to the Sean Pittman show. What a week, what a week and uh COVID is still the first thing on our minds. Uh and we haven't done a show talking about COVID in a little while. Uh but I wanted to bring on somebody who I've known for a very, very long time even though I mean she was I think she was uh 10 when we first met. So I can't, I'm not going to age her with me, <laughs> but um, I brought on Dr. Andrea Frau, y'all, the uh, chief medical officer over at the Tallahassee, uh, TMH, Tallahassee Memorial Hospital, and a really, really good friend who's been out there on the front lines of this things, thing. And uh, Doc, thanks for coming on the show. How are you doing? Oh, I'm,
1: I'm doing well, Sean. Thanks for having me. And yes, I, I think I was ten. I'm, I'm sure of that
0: I'm sure of that I'm sure of that But you're not 10 now uh, You are a, a an incredible uh, doctor You know when people hear Dr. Andrea Frau So many people say Oh she delivered She delivered my kid My son My daughter That must feel How does that feel?
1: It feels amazing And um, I just have so much invested in the community And I want to see us do so well Um I just actually was walking back to my office and someone stopped me and said, you delivered my baby. And it just resonates with you how much you are entwined in the community um, everywhere that you walk. So um, being a part of TMH now and the whole, not just taking care of women and babies, but just the whole um, community as a whole has been eye-opening. Wasn't quite, um, kind of switching over to this role wasn't quite... Thinking a pandemic was coming, and um, so it's been a um quite a, quite a journey.
0: Well, I was just telling our producer Jamie Van Pelt that you know he just got married, and I was just telling him you know Dr. Frau would be able to give you great advice. I said I don't send my wife to male doctors because you know I just I'm just <laughs> territorial like that. <laughs> But uh, so he appreciated the advice And you might get a call
1: <laughs> No problem I'm happy to give advice Actually that's the, the best part I feel like the grandparent Now that I'm actually not delivering babies I love giving advice still
0: Well we're all so proud of you And, and, and listen uh, All jokes aside I mean we're in a very very serious time here And and you You know in your role You've been watching it And, and viewing it from the very very front um, I was shocked a couple weeks ago when the White House leaked, um, or a document was leaked from the White House that made uh, among that that made Tallahassee our home among uh, the top twelve COVID nineteen red zones and uh, red zones in Florida. And tell us tell us what that means.
1: Yeah, you know, um, Sean, that looking at that um, report, that I think. Democrat might have published it today or it's been out, but just kind of looked at it. It was reporting data um, from back in July, on the July 14th, and putting us in a red zone there would go consistent with uh, the 4th of July holiday and everybody kind of getting out, you know, your cases are going to, you're going to see a bump and a surge after events like that, or, you know, where the community might have uh, let them, their guard down a bit. Or so that's just an example of you, how we see rises in cases um, that can occur and affect the community. In addition, you also have the surrounding um, counties um that participate in um our numbers the county the numbers per se are actually reported per county but when you look at the hospitalizations you have you know Tallahassee memorial healthcare is one of the largest providers of health care for the region so our numbers are at admissions and ed visits are reflected by not just leon county but all of the surrounding counties
0: yeah and that you know it was just shocking that that um you know it was sort of a, a report to, that listed where the COVID cases and positive tests were spiking the highest, right? We knew it was spiking in a lot of places, including Florida. So that's not, that's not news to us. Um, What shocked me though, it it was, it was saying that it based a lot of it on really government, right? Not just the spikes, but just sort of the recommendations of what needed to be done in areas um, to stop the, the, the proliferation of this thing. And I think at that time it found that Tallahassee had only ch- really done one of six things that were that I guess this task force told us to do. We've moved beyond that now though, right?
1: Absolutely. So yeah, that, the, 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 the article is a little, you know, dated in that sense, and we, as a community, we certainly banded together and had some leadership to help with that. Um, I, I don't know if you remember, Back when, when we had a, um, an area where we had an outbreak within a, a center, and those kind of epicenter outbreaks um, definitely increase surges. So right now, with our prison systems and other areas, if you hadn't had the ability to prepare for units to take care of patients or to actually separate them, you're going to see these outbreaks. Um, and surges in cases. And so that's what we were seeing. You know, not that anybody wasn't trying to prepare for that, um, but it just hit us before it could actually... um, We were a little behind in getting prepared for that. There's an organization, uh, Pruitt, that um, we were able to um, house patients that we had long-term care facilities that weren't prepared to take patients back that were positive for COVID. because And so... um, with them coming online, that helped tremendously. help um, the burden of having hospitalized patients who actually were didn't need to be patients. They were just positive. But if you would bring, brought them back into the um, long-term care facilities, um, you could risk other people, you know, being infected. So yeah, we needed to get on the ball with preparing um, our community for um, these patients
0: to come back. Well, listen, uh, listeners, if you're just uh, tuning in, uh, I have Dr. Andrea um uh, with us, a well-known medical doctor in our area, chief medical officer at TMH, uh, Tallahassee Memorial Hospital, and we're talking about COVID um, in general, but also in our area. Um, doc, tell us what's going on with, at the hospital. Um, the, you know, people are getting this virus and they're reading that if you go to the hospital, <laughs> you you might not leave walking out. And I don't think it's because they think you're not taking care of people. I think it's just this connotation related to this sickness that that if you, you it gets bad enough that you have to go into the hospital, that uh, it's pretty bad. Uh, can you help us with that? Dispel
1: that? Absolutely. Well, you know, Sean, um, we have a tremendous team that has worked really hard with using um, creative ways to try and get you basically not on a ventilator. But I don't want to fully dispel that in a sense that it is true that if you are sick enough to, you know, if this virus gets you and you are sick enough to have to come in the hospital, we try our darndest to keep you off of that ventilator because your survival rate is very poor if you get on the ventilator. So it's not completely false. Um, We like, you you know, there are patients that have mild disease that can be treated outpatient and treated at home. And then we have the moderate patients that are treated in our uh, inpatient COVID unit that don't require intubation and um, don't necessarily require that level of ICU care. And then we have the patients that are severely ill with risk for death. And those are the patients that You know we want to avoid having in the hospital right and that takes the community all getting together and taking this disease seriously wearing their mask and socially distancing if you don't think it's serious that that's you know i I wish i could completely dispel that mission but i can't the reality is that people need to take this disease seriously
0: I'm glad you said that. I mean, I, I, I agree with you. And we've said on the show over and over again that, that you know, wear a mask. This thing is so serious and, and there's so much we don't know. But, but the one thing we do know is that if you wear a mask, you're less likely to, to attract this terrible, terrible um, virus. Um, how are y'all doing with ventilators? Are y'all, are y'all equipped? Um, I mean, do you have enough as of today?
1: Oh, yes, yeah. oh, we do. And, you know, um, we would we, we, the point is that we don't want to have to create new um, volume, but we do have, you know, enough. But it can only it could take an outbreak that, you know, runs rampant through a facility and you can go from having two patients to 40 patients. And we don't want that. Um, and that's why, you know, that's where the community responsibility comes in.
0: So, Doc, now schools are opening back up um, soon. Some schools next week <laughs> and and uh, the public schools will open uh, um, August 31st. So, uh, that's what we know right now. And obviously there, there's been some serious discussion on both sides of, of that fact. As a medical professional, though, what do you what can you tell parents they could do to keep their students, those who are going back to brick and mortar safe, sort of as we go back to the learning environments?
1: You know, <laughs> sometimes you have to trust the science and you have to follow the rules. And, um, I, I, it's not an easy decision for anyone. Um, we in the healthcare arena, of course, we're prepared. We, uh, we signed up for this. Um, but when it comes to school and, um, work and the workforce and, you know, community in general, um, I can understand the perspective being so different, but when, You're told to wear a mask, you're told to socially distance, and um, you should do if we can do those things, you know, our risk is less. I have no idea what really is going to happen when the schools all open. We've all seen the newscast showing, you know, buses in other states and other not following rules. Um, And again, the data will lag because you'll know once once there is an outbreak, but if we could avoid that by um following recommendations and being as socially responsible as um as possible then we can minimize the risk of you know spreading the disease and um having those you know horrific outbreaks um you know it's going to be it's going to take everybody doing their part to make it work if we you know everybody's ready to get back into society but the reality is this virus is not going anywhere right now in the foreseeable future so it's time to just accept responsibility do what you're supposed to do protect your neighbor because this is a true example of when you protect your neighbor you're protecting other people and it does affect you
0: yeah and i you know and listen i gotta say to folks here so that they know you're not just speaking from a medical perspective you're mom, and you know, you got a, a, a beautiful daughter who um, you and um, your your husband have had to, to really think about whether or not uh, she goes back to brick and mortar or whether she does the virtual thing. Was that tough for y'all? And, and I haven't asked you what decision you made, um, but but without asking that, um, offer it if you like. But, but was that tough for, for you and your family as y'all tried to make that decision?
1: It is because I do think, you know, I can watch here in the organization where I work in healthcare. So you have, you know, people that are healthcare workers and you have people that don't really have direct patient care and trying to make sure that keeping those employees safe and having them have an understanding. Now put that in a, an environment where kids are um, mm, and yeah. and at, ri- at, at, at risk people. Um, at the same time, the decision for sending my daughter back is, you know, is difficult. However, I know that she'll be socially responsible and actually help police the other people that aren't perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, even more, Sean, I have my dad with me now. He's 85 years old and, um, I want him safe as well as everybody else, you know, in the community understanding that it's not only our kids keeping, you know, um, family members, safe and the teachers safe um, and the bus drivers and every um, the whole system that works to support the educational um, systems has to be safe. So what we need is to make sure that they have what they need to go back safely. I would feel I'm not going to I only send my daughter knowing that they're saying yes i have what i need i have masks i have social distancing i have the you know if the educational system is telling me yes we have this and we're opening safely then i feel comfortable sending my daughter back
0: so let me ask you this because you've got listen i know your daughter and look she's old enough i get the feeling she makes a lot of her own (laughs) decisions um for and i have little kids who don't have a choice at all um, just for other parents out there, I, I mean, for those of us who don't have o- other older kids, what are you guys going through as as parents with older kids? Is this a discussion with them, or are you just saying, "Hey, you're doing this," or "You're not"?
1: You know, um, it it was a discussion, and um, it, it again, the guidance from knowing what I know is unfair. I, you know, I do you have a little bit of unfair advantage, but? um i I really have i need to trust that um leon county is telling me that their teachers are safe that they have um put a system together that will keep the kids safe and the parents safe i mean the kids safe and the educators and the support system for the school safe um i don't want to feel like i am sending my child back to school and i'm the problem um You know, I think it's a weird question to sort of ask, you know, what with making it the parent's problem now, when ultimately I feel like the educational system should have the authority to say, you know what, we're safe, come on back, or we're not ready, everybody virtual, this is how we should do it. Um, Asking me is like asking. Your doctor, you know, your doctor's looking at your leg and saying, "Hey, that looks really bad. Mm. Um, I think that we should, you know, proceed with amputation." And the patient saying, "You know, I don't really want that. I'd <laughs>
0: to right. get
1: septic and die." And you know, so yeah. it's like asking backwards. Um, I just,
0: And you're right. Like, that we're makes
1: all trying to band together and do yeah. the right thing.
0: That makes it really, really tough. And listen, the, the obviously we're in this this time that you don't see often. I mean, it's called a pandemic. So everybody is involved and while there may you know our our school um our principals and our superintendent they're not experts in pandemics right they're experts in educating our kids so so they can't make the decisions on their own they got to get the the input and i would say you know i think you and i are scared for the same reasons right i mean i think and you have more education on it than i do but you know recently leon county saw the most deaths in one day um that we've seen thus far and you know i wonder as a doctor now uh, and and on somebody on the front line do is that is that a sign of things to come or was that just a bad day for us
1: you know you know sean i think that was just a bad day um for us and as now our cases are kind of holding steady without a really sharp rise. I think um, when people that are have comorbidities, heart disease, obesity, things that they should really, um, pulmonary disease, things they should pay attention and stay home, follow precautions so that you don't end up in the hospital, you'll see, you know, less deaths. That would be what we would, that's what we want. We need everybody, you know, taking some accountability for that. But I do think um, that was an unusual Day. I don't I can't I don't have a A crystal ball But I hope that that never
0: happens again. <laughs> Right um, right you, you know doc but, th- Thank thank you for all of this because I think it's, it's a, you know this has been an Educational show even for me who You know I deal with this all the time I think I do want to ask you two Other questions and I want to ask you quick Because I don't think we can Have this I don't think this show can go full Circle without me asking you Especially uh, Talking about accountability what can the community do to make sure that that we're helping you?
1: Yeah, and I think, um, you know, overall, boy, we we're really lucky to be in Leon County. Lots of people stepping up to, um, to help. And um, I just think following the advice of leadership, following the science, you know, it can be frustrating that the science changes. So you have to pay attention. So that's what I need the community to do is for us all to pay attention and not feel like you're being lied to. If one day we say wear a mask and the next week we say wear two masks, the reality is we're just all moving forward, trying to get the best information out um, in a timely fashion at all times. And so sometimes that's, that's hard for a community to find trust when the information changes that um that's the world that we're in right
0: now so you need us to be nimble and and it's almost like our kids right we need you to just listen to us (laughs) if it it might change but but just know that what we're telling you is in your best interest um i get that last question dr Frau. um and just so that we're all, I, I know the answers to this, but I want our listeners to have some comfort in what you just said, that we're lucky to be in Leon County. Um, is TMH prepared to handle the cases for an extended period of time? I mean, as the timetable for COVID, you know, remains uncertain. Are you all, when you're when you're in, in the boardroom and you're talking about what you can handle, uh, worst possible scenarios, uh, can we be comforted that TMH... Uh, is ready
1: yeah thanks for asking that Sean yeah I I, I want the community to know that you can be comforted that TMH is ready Um, nobody is looking forward to any of that we are actually already preparing for flu flu season we've already started getting ready for that concept and we plan the worst case scenarios all the time we're also ready for hurricane season we had already done drills just because what if what happens if we have a hurricane on or a tropical storm on top of COVID on top of the flu? You know, so that is part of just the organizational strategy and where we are and what we do. Back in March, I wouldn't have thought um, we the scenarios we ran back in March um, where we see some of them now they come to fruition. Um, part of that is, for instance, we opened a uh, thirty-six bed. Uh, COVID unit that takes care of medical patients that we were talking about a little bit earlier. Um, the good thing is, sure, we, we could vent a hundred people, but we typically have not had to have more than 14 on event at a time, 16 maybe. Um, so those are really good. Um, so we're prepared. We don't want to, um, <laughs> go into any of those scenarios, but, um, we are prepared for it. But you know what? The other thing I want the community to know is that. You know, I don't really consider myself on the front line. I I do still see patients, but there are some people that give their hearts um, every day, sacrificing being able to do the things that we others of us take for granted with our families because they are sitting in that COVID unit or they take care of these patients every day, or they clean the rooms, or they are the respiratory techs or the physical therapist. You know, there's just a host of people, um, that environmental services, dietitians, that are frontline. They literally get dressed to go take care of these patients every day. So, again, you know, think of them, keep them in your prayers, and remember, you know, um, your actions um, certainly can um be just one of responsibility
0: so that maybe we can get past this hump. Well, Dr. Frye, thank you for mentioning those folks. We don't mention them enough, and you know, we're not calling them to be interviewed. And 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 what you know, it just shows what a great leader you are in this space. Um, you can't not think about those folks because you know what they have to go through every day. So, so everybody out there, uh, let's say, uh, let's say prayers and 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 lift up those people who are. Who are uh, walking into this virus every single day and no know, and knowing that they are. Um, so, Dr. Frau, thank you for that. And do us a favor, tell Camille that we shouted her out today because she's just an amazing role model for like somebody like the three girls that I see every day. Uh, so tell her that. And blessings to you to have to deal with Eric Frau every single day. I don't know how I don't know how you've been doing that for as long as you've been doing it, but. Uh, (laughs) But uh, now we know why you're so strong at everything else that you do. So uh, and on behalf of Sean Pittman show, thank you for everything that you do. We really do appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Sean. You take care and tell your beautiful wife and girls. Hello.
0: Will do. Uh, Listeners. Sorry for the personal moment. Had to do it. Stay with us. We'll be right back with Pittman point right after this. It's time for Pittman's point. Welcome back to the Sean Pittman show and We were fortunate to have Dr. Andrea Frye with us this morning to talk about the continued impacts of COVID in our community. We implore everyone to stay safe out there, to please continue to wear your mask. Now it's time for the Pitman Point. While the focus of the country right now has turned to the November elections, we have a very important election right around the corner, right here in Tallahassee Leon County. On August 18th, numerous local racers will be decided, including up to two city commission seats, potentially one county commission seat, two judges seats, and our public defender. These are all positions that will have a major impact on all of us, y'all. So we have to get out to vote. We have to get out to vote. But we also have to make sure we're staying safe. So that's why today's Pittman Point is have a voting plan. Know what you're going to do and how you're going to stay safe doing it. Don't leave your vote by chance. If you can, request a mail-in ballot and send it back in. If you prefer to go to the polls, then go early. The lines are less crowded, and it's even easier to maintain a safe distance. But if you're convinced that you want to vote on Election Day, that's August 18th, make a plan and stick to it. Because even in COVID, y'all, this is too important to miss. This has been the Sean Pittman Show, and we'll see you in seven.